0: This episode is brought to you by The Park Five in Sandy, Utah on 107th and State Street. Serving ridiculous cookies, all kinds of sodas, and the best scones you will ever put in your mouth.
1: It will literally change your life. These scones I have every day. I may be getting fat from them,
0: but it's worth it. You are getting fat from them. But it's worth it.
1: Park Five is where it's at. If you haven't been there, go over there ASAP. Get a dirty Dr. Pepper. You name it. They're freaking peanut butter cookies, chocolate chip cookies, their brownies, their hot chocolate. It's just a bunch of feel-good food. If you're ever feeling sad and you want to eat your feelings, the Park Five is where it's at.
0: <laughs> and if they're closed, like if it's late at night, just break in and you can always mention NBA Real Talk podcast for a discount. Always. Park 5, Sandy Utah, 107th South and State Street. All right guys, welcome into another episode of NBA Real Talk. Jordan and Spencer here. Excited to talk to you guys about our next topic, which is players that surprised us in the Western Conference, uh, players that maybe were overlooked. Uh, Players that exceeded our expectations. We've got some guys on on our list that, uh, of course, are are household names. But we also have other guys who um, really are kind of underground. So, excited to bring this uh, this segment to you guys. Uh, Jordan, who's your first guy? The first guy I would talk about that, you know, is a common
1: name. um, Who was a 17th pick. In the 2009 draft, same year Blake Griffin came out, was Drew Holiday. I always figured Drew Holiday was just a defensive stopper and that, you know, he's just a role player at best, but he is turning into a legitimate star. And right now he's averaging 25 and 8. Yes, he plays alongside Anthony Davis. But there have been games where he wins single-handedly, where he's guarding the toughest player on the opposing team, and he's making big plays and hitting big shots. And this was a guy that I figured couldn't shoot at all. You know, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on Drew?
0: So I, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I, I'm just impressed by just how hard he gets after it. I mean, if you, if you watch him play on-ball defense – The guy, he's like a Marcus Smart type, Um, not quite as thick, of course, as as Smart is, um, who could be playing in the NFL if he wanted to, but he's just, the tenacity uh, defensively is super impressive, and then just the fact that he's... I mean, he shoots 45%, Yeah, and 45%, anytime anyone's
1: in the high 40s, and they're a point guard, shooting guard, or even like a small forward, if their number, like if they can do anything besides dunk, that is incredibly impressive because of the length in the NBA. These guys are so long and wide. There's not a lot of space. You have to have a quick release. And when I watch Drew Holiday play, I just feel like, man, that guy is composed. He's a team player. He's a natural leader. And he's coachable. I feel like... He's the kind of guy that you can count on to make the right basketball play. You know, he's not a me monster. He keeps things very simple post game. I, I like him. I'm a fan. He's exceeded my expectations because I really never knew how I felt one way or the other. And I know that Anthony Davis loves playing with him. And interesting how when Boogie's out there with AD, they couldn't win. Their winning percentage was like 40% less than it is without him. And it looks like Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis have a really unique one-two punch going.
0: Unfortunately, it may not last much longer. And we'll save that for another day, but... Yeah. You think he's going? I don't think he's going anywhere. I I think he's going somewhere in the next half a year, maybe year, but I mean with Drew Holiday But what do they get for him is the question. Okay, so if you want to talk A D, so um I mean look at the teams that have stuff to give up, right? So LA obviously but because you don't want anyone from LA. You don't want Ingram. You don't want him. So maybe maybe GMs feel differently than you and I do. Um but, yeah, so Ingram, you know, we've talked about him. Not not a huge fan. I mean, I
1: couldn't defend Ingram if I wanted to, other than, like they say, he's built like KD. But he doesn't play like KD.
0: No, I. but, you know, you look at – they might end up with a lottery pick, too. The way things are going, the Lakers, their remaining schedule is one of the hardest in all the NBA. LeBron's out another couple few weeks. That's true. They may end up with a lottery pick. Couple that with – Um, you know, Kuzma, maybe Ingram, maybe Ball. But here's the thing. I give up
1: every single player on that team but LeBron James for eighty. No doubt about it. And then play with G
0: League players. No doubt about it. The question is, though, who else has that young talent to give up? Boston apparently is in talks, but I don't know.
1: Nobody wants to take on Gordon Hayward's contract. And I don't know if any of these younger players like Terry Rozier – I feel like they're going to they're going to get paid next year. And I don't know who really wants to pay him.
0: Terry Rozier, that's a tough one because on the open market, I mean he's been such a better player as a starter than he has as a backup. Um and so is there a team that really needs a starting point guard that's going to pay for him? I'm not sure. That yeah, that'll be interesting. We'll have to research that a little bit. Um
1: it's definitely fun to talk about. So another player that we want to cover that we've definitely overlooked, or I think everyone had written them off,
0: written him off, is Buddy Healed in Sacramento. So Buddy Healed was a guy that when he came in, he kind of had bust written all over him. He but had, why? Why did he have bust? I, Maybe because he reminded me of Ben McLemore. Really? I See, I had heard comparisons that because
1: he was a lights-out shooter, that he was like the Jimmer Fredette type, where his game was perfect. It just catered to the college game. You know, out of sets, you run plays to him. But NBA, he wasn't big enough, strong enough. He didn't have a quick enough release. Well, he's proven us wrong now. And unlike Jimmer... He can actually score without the ball. He can move without the ball. He knows how to use picks. His feet are always set. Where a guy like Jimmer can kill you only if he is ball dominant
0: and he controls the ball and controls the pace of the game. Yeah, so with, agreed. With with Heald now on the Kings, obviously they're run and gun. They're putting up a lot of points. They're well coached for the first time in a long time. But the interesting thing is if you think about if he was still with the Pelicans, he's not getting the looks and the freedom uh, to play his game that he's getting now with the Kings. And oh, he's, well, who who are you going to play, him or Drew Holiday? Oh yeah, right? Holiday's going to get those looks. He and, ne- he never gets off the
1: bench. He doesn't. He's not even given a legitimate shot.
0: Which is cool. I mean, I love how that trade went down for the Kings. Now, I mean, you look at it a couple years ago and you wonder, man, did the Kings get? Anything back for Cousins? Well, that's kind of what
1: I thought. Well, I think Cousins they realize what he does to a locker room, and they're like, "Hey, we just gotta
0: cut our losses for sure." But if you think about it over the years, they probably had better trades on the table. Yeah, they just weren't ready or willing to move Cousins. And then when they finally did, for me, I questioned what they got in return for him. But clearly. The Kings won that trade. There they won it. Zero doubt about that. So. Absolutely. And you know, he shoots 48% from
1: the field and 46% from 3. Insane. And this is on this is this is on a team that's not very good. Yeah. You know, it's one thing if you play for Golden State and you can't double off a single player. You can't you can't leave a guy like Steph Curry to go double KD. You can't double the ball you can't leave Draymond because he'll cut through the lane. You can't ever leave Klay Thompson. He'll make you pay. So when you have a team like Sacramento and you can average those kinds of numbers, though, I mean, those percentages, it's pretty crazy. And he is very valuable, and I feel like he will be getting paid a lot
0: of money in the future. I agree. I think he's he, way expected... Uh, Excuse me, exceeded my expectations. Super impressed. So another player to talk about, which will be no surprise,
1: is Luka Doncic. Man, wow! I mean, let's let's be real. We knew, like, we had seen signs that he had potential to be good. Yeah. But how many European busts are there?
0: Oh, it'd be
1: interesting to know what that number is. Like how how many how many European players look very, very promising, and then they get in the NBA, and it's just not a good fit. Three out of four? Yeah, they can't figure it out. I mean, Darko Milicic is like the biggest European bust of all time. That's a guy that just literally could not play. Just couldn't figure it out. Luka not only can play, he puts up big numbers. He makes his team better. He does it all. This is a guy that's, he's shooting 43% as a rookie. He averages 27 and 5. Um, on the 11th, on, J- on January 11th, he put up 29, 8, and 12 against Minnesota. And they were known as a defensive team. Okay. Um, early January, he put up a triple-double against Milwaukee. Greek freak was guarding him. I mean, this is a special kind of player, and he's been a pro since he was 16. He played for Real Madrid for in the CBA for three years. And then, you know, it's funny the Kings didn't go, they like the Kings weren't interested in him, they were more interested in Marvin Bagley. The fact that the Suns took eight and number one kind of boggles my mind, even though. He
0: is incredibly efficient for a big man. Aiden's a good player. I, I, yeah, that's one of the few where I feel like I guessed right. I thought Doncic was the best player. But let me ask you this. So you look at, there's been some really good rookie seasons um, in the past decade. So one that comes to mind is Michael Carter-Williams. He had a great rookie campaign. Why, why is Doncic well, different? Well, how come Carter- Why can't Carter Williams find a
1: roster anymore? So they can't, like, Houston could not afford to play
0: him because he can't shoot outside of eight feet. So is that the main reason? Because he can't, like, what is it that makes, because I agree, Doncic is a special, special player. So what else outside of the numbers do you see that make it seem like he really is special? Well, the fact that he's not an athlete,
1: like, I mean, yes, he's an athlete, but he is not, he is not very athletic. He may be one of the least athletic players on his team, maybe one of the least athletic players in the entire Western Conference, but his basketball IQ is through the roof. He, I mean, it's not only does he have like a dirty step back, Yeah. his step back is nasty. I mean, he knows how to cover ground with his dribble. Any I mean for for how big he is, he is so low to the ground when he actually goes and tries to make a move. His feet are always set. He's always a threat. He knows where the ball needs to be two passes ahead of time. So he'll make some of these passes where you're like, wow, that's a veteran play. But this kid is just smart. He knows how to use his body, he knows how to draw contact. He's very good at taking exactly what the defense gives him. If they gap him, he shoots. And if they ride him, he makes them pay. And he knows how to find the open man. And I think he is just notorious for making the right play. If someone's open, he advances the ball and moves it. I don't think he has a selfish bone in his body. I think he genuinely wants to win. Dallas, is. I mean... Sorry, Harrison Barnes isn't getting it done for you.
0: Neither is Dennis Smith Jr.
1: No, not at all. And Dirk, God bless him. Love Dirk. His career is, it's over, you know. So, he is the face of that franchise, and I actually think he's the kind of talent where he could draw in other really big names.
0: Yeah, because why wouldn't you want to play with an? It's like a... Look, I'm not comparing him to LeBron, but that kind of guy that has so many different tools, the ability to find the open guy, make. And, and the thing that, that really impresses me, and to kind of answer my own stupid question that I had about um, what makes him different than like a Michael Carter Williams in that, hey, you had a great rookie season numbers wise. What makes him different to me, in addition to all those things you said, is he's clutch. How many times do you are you watching uh, he's hit some big shots? Yeah on NBA TV you go through those highlights because no one wants to watch SportsCenter Center these days because it's garbage, but you watch those highlights on NBA TV and he hits a dagger. It may not be a buzzer beater. he did have that one, I believe in Portland, but that was uh, stupid. yeah, so dumb, but but it's the daggers, it's the big shots, it's the hate hey, and, and he's composed. Composed. Like, hey, one second is, is left on 18, the shot clock. 19? Yeah. It's just insane how good this kid
1: is. He has peach fuzz. The, he, The kid couldn't grow a mustache if he wanted to. And
0: he's killing. Un- Honestly, this guy is projected to have a better career than Dirk already, if you ask me. The guy's insane. Just absolutely love his game. Love him. Next guy I wanted to bring up is Joe Ingles. Now we did touch on Joe Ingles a little bit in our recent podcast with Bryce Blanchard, which, by the way, was an absolute blast. Um, but Joe Ingles can freaking play. He looks like a guy
1: that should be on your church basketball team, like city league. He looks as he's your average Joe, typical white dude. That takes wreck ball a little too seriously, and he freaking kills. Is he not your math teacher? Yeah, he was. He was my calculus teacher in high school.
0: Maybe chemistry. So the thing with Joe Ingles, and, and I don't I don't want to sound like a just a we love Joe. Okay, yeah, we, we do love Joe. Um, I love his basketball IQ. So Joe Ingles is going to make the right play almost every time. He rarely turns the ball over and he's shockingly good in pick and roll situations. So the, the, the pick and roll combo with him and Derek favors is one of the most deadly in the league. But the funnest thing about Joe Ingles is to me, again, he, the jazz picked him up off, uh, the Clippers practice squad and barely like fringe player. He's 27 um, and, and when you look at his numbers, it's like, yeah, he's averaging 12 points, four rebounds, five assists. Look, that's nothing crazy. Don't get me wrong. And he's making 13, 14 mil a year. But I just – he always makes the right play. He hits big shots. And what's more fun com- than watching – Let
1: me put it this way. How composed is Joe Ingles? I mean, you see these rookies – You see these rookies out here that make rookie mistakes. They force things. They're getting charges called on them. This guy has such a high basketball IQ, and that's not something that you can just teach. I don't care how good your coach is. It's something you either have or you don't. And the game, even though, you know, it's funny. He'll get a catch on the wing, and he'll pump fake every time. You know, and you may think he's robotic. But because he's such a good shooter, the defense has to respect it. And based on how they respond to his pump fake, he's just evaluating what's open on the floor. So he's a guy that is a perfect example of he takes what the defense gives him, he lets things develop, he doesn't force anything, and if you don't contest his shot, hand down, man down, he'll make you pay. And the crazy thing is... He's crafty enough off the dribble to where he can actually create for himself, and this is a guy that we expected nothing from, even
0: a year or two ago, and he continues to improve. Yeah, I mean it. it it's it's so fun to watch him talk trash. Uh, but that aside, I mean I just love how he'll he'll he will get into the lane and. I noticed last season defenses would begin to just guard favors or go bear the big guy that was diving because Joe didn't want to shoot. He wanted to lob it in, but he made adjustments to that. And now he's got a little floater, but most of the time he'll take it all the way to the rack and just finish with the left. He's left-handed, but he's typically on that left side. So just love a guy who's going to take what the D gives you play smart. Oh, and by the way, knockdown deadly three-point shooter he's been top 10 in the league the last few years I think he was second a couple years ago uh, I'm not sure exactly where he's at right now but
1: his skill set is a talent that literally every team in the NBA could use a guy like him maybe yeah. not in the starting lineup but at least coming off the bench as a six-man
0: yeah and he's scrappy defensively too like he's really long
1: he talks trash to Paul George and I mean in that he's not playoff afraid series, of anyone
0: yeah he was he was in Paul George's head in that playoff series plain and simple uh and and that's a big big part of the reason why they won so anyways that's my scoop on Joe Ingles i wanted to um move on to Paul George uh Jordan what are your thoughts on Paul George
1: so i think you and i see eye to eye on Paul George i mean i've always liked Paul George just cuz he's a you know a freak athlete um Didn't really expect a whole lot coming out of Fresno State. You know, smaller school. But he did big things in Indiana, really made a name for himself. But going to OKC, everything just kind of felt overhyped. And it seems like he enjoys playing with Russell Westbrook, which is crazy to me. Yeah. But for whatever reason it works, and last year it didn't. And a big part of that is probably not having mellow on your team, right? A ball, a ball stopper. Because as bad as Westbrook can be from the field, I mean, some of these games are atrocious. He's 5 for 20, 4 for 24, and he keeps chucking. A guy like Paul George has got to be mortified. But Westbrook plays harder than anyone, whether he's hitting or not. And he continues to set up his teammates. And Paul George knows that Westbrook's going to find him, and he makes the most out of it. And this year, watching him play, I feel like he genuinely lets the game come to him. If you kind of analyze the way he plays, nothing feels forced. It just It's just kind of smooth, and he's calm out there. Where last year, it's he catches it, he's rushing. You know, he's rushing into a shot, or he's trying to force something off the dribble when nothing's really there. Because Carmelo was holding it for 14 seconds. It didn't go anywhere. And he has to force something up. And now, you know, maybe Billy Donovan has a lot to do with it. But the role players are starting to know how to move off the ball when Paul George has it. And Paul George one-on-one can flat out score anytime he wants. And we thought, or at least I thought, he was overrated. He would put up a lot of empty numbers. But he's a gamer He's a baller. I'm totally impressed with him. He's averaging 27, 8,
0: and 4, and 44% from the field. The, the, the per for me is what's crazy. So he's 6.8, uh, which is good for second in the entire league in player efficiency rating. Which to me... So when he, when he's on the floor, good things are happening. Sorry, that's actually the, the ESPN real plus minus number. But to be second there, like, it, it's just, I mean, it's amazing. I, I And I was super down on Paul George. Um, I, I really, really thought he was overrated. Um, I mean, he did get kind of whooped in that um, OKC Jazz uh, first round last year. Um, But honestly, I think that's coaching. I think Quinn Snyder
1: just outshined. Because they're way more talented than the Jazz were. No doubt about it. We just, I mean, the Jazz were just, I mean, the Jazz, everything they threw at them seemed to work. And OKC didn't know how to respond accordingly. And guys like Russell Westbrook, I mean, he's losing his cool and he's trying to call out Rubio. Rubio. And it's like, why are you worried about Rubio? He's the eleventh best point guard in the West. You know, yeah. <laughs> why don't you just continue to focus on like quit acting like a rookie, Westbrook, and be a veteran and take this series back. You know, but now then honestly, we could Westbrook's such a polarizing player. We could talk about him forever. I feel like he's one of the most understood players. He does so many good things. But he also does a lot of bad things, but he's one of the few players that knows how to hide it and will still get a triple-double when he's three for 18 from the field. You know, I mean, I Paul George, I'll put it this way. Paul George has to be very patient, very trusting. Whatever, Whatever's going on, they're on the same page and it's working because Paul George is taking over and he's a legitimate superstar this year.
0: Yep, and I and again I, I was dead wrong on him. I mean I'd, I, I I had kind of had him as a lower tier All Star guy. Just thought he was overrated overall. But what I really like about him, he's using his body a lot better too. He is, and and for me it's defensively that's actually really impressive. Uh, OKC is one of the top defensive teams in the league. Now they ha- they have had a, a cream pie schedule. Um, I mean it's been pretty easy the first part, the first half of the season, but. Uh, I mean, defensively, they're, they're very good, and Paul George is a, is a huge part of that. So, Hey, so
1: moving on, Patty Mills. Patty Mills, okay, this is a guy that he's a second-round draft pick, 55 out of St. Mary's, okay? No one expected anything out of him. I would have been the first to say Patty Mills can't play. Not only can he not play, his skill set's not even meant for the G League, you know? He's the. I felt like he's the kind of guy that could go play pickup at a Lifetime Fitness and not take over. And, right. you know, I'm really eating my words now because year after year, he proves me wrong. There are certain players that fit certain systems that just make it work. I mean, J.J. Barea, for crying out loud, has had an amazing career. And, you know, he looks like he's working at some local pet shop. And he just... <laughs> Balls out. Patty Mills is averaging, so he averages 23 minutes a game off the bench. And he averages 10-3-3, three and three, right? which may not be mind-blowing to anyone. But keep in mind, this is a guy that's a total role player. And his entire MO is to move without the ball. When he moves without the ball, the defense has to pay attention to him. Because he's shooting 43-44% from the field. Which is incredible when you're not on the, on the first team. You're not a starter in the league. And he's not finishing at the rim. Patty Mills is a pure shooter, and that is it. So he's always moving without the ball. He has a quick release. He has a high basketball IQ. And he's not afraid to take big shots. No. That's one of the reasons why I love Lou Williams. He comes in off the bench... Now Lou Williams has never played defense in his life. But I mean, a guy that looks like, you know, he hasn't eaten in months, <laughs> like he just escaped from Auschwitz, comes out and just makes it
0: rain. So let me ask you, let me ask you this about Patty Mills. Is he a system dude? Like you mentioned the system, but if he's playing for Memphis, no, is he this good? No. No. So there are certain players that are
1: system players. Popovich, Quinn Snyder, Brad Stevens, those are coaches that know how to get the best and the most out of their players and will find a way to utilize them. You can't just throw them into any system. You can't put Patty Mills into Phoenix right now and say, hey,
0: you know... go to work. Yeah, go go to work, do your thing. Um, Don't you think? No, yeah. That's kind of how I view him, and that's why, for me, he's a little limited. But, of course... You know, we don't know because he's he was drafted into that system, I believe, right? Didn't the Spurs pick him? Um, he's just he's just, no Portland got him. Oh, uh, that's right, Portland got him, and he didn't spend much time there. But um, I, well, I Port, do, Portland gave up on him. They're like he's he's a waste, you well, know. And and that is the sign of a really good organization and a really good coach picking out a guy who was cut from someone else's squad. And then making him a player. I mean, there's other examples of that in the league. We just talked about Joe Ingles. There's other guys out there. Like, we could
1: talk about the East. We'll do that in another pod. But McConnell from Philly, who who looks like he's the size of every average Joe Schmo on every high school team across the country. Yeah. But I don't even think he's in a great system. I think he just realizes what his role is and knows, hey, when I'm on the floor – I'm getting other guys involved, and if they don't pay attention to me, I'm going to make the defense pay. He's
0: just smart. And how many guys like like that do the Spurs have? Like how good is that freaking organization where they can bring a guy in like Rudy Gay, who was a, a perennial chucker, very inefficient, uh, really overrated. He had a coming buzz, off... buzzer beater last night. Hey, and he was coming against off.
1: Phoenix, and it's funny because Popovich said that. Oh game, yeah. game was disgusting, was garbage.
0: Yeah, but it's like he's all of a sudden uber efficient. Rudy Gay, not not to get off on a tangent here, but it just super impressive. What the Spurs? They just have this culture about them, and you could talk about the Patriots or some you know other organizations um, in in other leagues, but um, it's amazing what. What what a front office and a coach can do.
1: Well, and whether it be coaching, front office, whatever it is, Patty Mills is a guy that you never really expect much from, but he shows out and continues to impress. And I feel like he is constantly underrated, and that may be just in that system, but the way he's playing right now, that's the kind of talent that. You want on every team, that,
0: dude. That's you a want skill. A re-
1: you want a reliable guy that can knock down shots. He's gonna play tough defense. He may not be the best defender, but he's in your face, trying to cause problems, it, trying to fluster it, you.
0: It, it is a skill to be able to understand what the coach is preaching and and live it on the court because a lot of guys can't do it. There's a lot of guys who have a lot more talent, certainly a lot more size, a lot more ability than Patty Mills, but they're not going to make it in the Spurs system because they just, they don't have that skill to basically be coachable.
1: Well, and it goes to show you that the draft, you know, anything in the second round is not a garbage pick. You know, you can get lucky because you can get a player that can fit a certain role you know trying to get a superstar like a Jimmy Butler or remember when Isaiah Thomas was the last Very pick in last the draft pick. sometimes you know you catch big breaks guys drastically improve but i feel like if you could get up a, a player with the skill set of Patty Mills at the end of the at the end of the draft you take that all day yeah because it's a player you can actually implement in any system. I mean,
0: how many second-round picks ever even make it in the league? I mean, I, I don't know what the stat is, but when we go the over the majority those, probably don't.
1: When we go over those draft lists from like 12 years ago, I remember a lot of those names from college, but could not tell you a single time I remember seeing them put on an NBA uniform. They're, they're playing overseas. So hey, so so we talked about Patty Mills. To finish up the underrated players are the players that have really impressed us. We knew this guy was going to be good. Big man from Denver, Jokic. But why does he continue to impress?
0: The crazy thing about Joker is you you look at his high school photos. Like, you look at Where he had
1: double D breasts.
0: (laughs) He had tits. Absolutely. I mean, overweight and, and... Of course, he didn't look super motivated, um, and he's just kind of a goofy guy, but holy hell, the guy has real skills. I mean, the guy's guy's literally averaging 20, 10, and 8. That is 8 assists. He's averaging. That's your center. 8 assists a game. Averaging. Not like one game, he had 8
1: assists. And he's not kicking. This isn't the Golden State Warriors where he kicks to shooters. He, like, he finds, he he sees the cutters. He finds, he, he does have the kickouts. He has an amazing outlet pass. You know, Kevin Love threw the best outlet pass ever. Well, Jokic is up there. This is a guy that has a super high basketball IQ and understands spacing on the floor, knows where his guys need to be. And the thing that's most impressive about him he kind of has the Tim Duncan in him where if his team needs him to score four points and grab 25 boards, he'll do it. Yep. If he needs to score 30, he'll score 30. Oh, by the way, he can stroke from
0: deep. He has such good hands for a big man. Hey, and second round. Speaking of second round, what this pick dude was, he? was do we know? 41st overall. Uh, second round pick. Um, the how guy, does
1: how does a guy like that go unnoticed or go, fall through the cracks? I, I I don't know. Why why are these Europeans such a crapshoot?
0: Man, I I don't know if it's because they're like being why, evaluated Like why like why does
1: against... Rudy go Granted, he was just
0: a skinny bean when he was drafted. I think it's probably their competition. It's like you look at Dante Exum,
1: where he was he playing was... against the Australian YMCA girls
0: dodgeball league exactly and so how you know he looks really really good but who's he playing a bunch of nobodies and so well like when i think that's what when it those is. ball brothers
1: you know lamello and lazarus or La-
0: whoever the hell La- his
1: Laquavius, is. whatever his name is they go and play in that bs league in lithuania or latvia or whatever and in most of their highlights you you don't even see the defense make it back to half court they're wide open layups but they'll shoot like a fadeaway 3 when no one's there and it's like oh cool looks like you're shooting in your backyard
0: <laughs> you know dude it's it's bad but you know with with Joker um, it's it's just Laquavious, what it, the hell it's a it's his what he can do at his size is just amazing and he's, he's these aren't empty stats first of all Denver's winning second of all He's like fourth overall in ESPN real plus minus numbers. They're second in the East right now. And yeah,
1: second in the West. Yeah. Oh, I, sorry, sorry. Second in the West. And do they have a legitimate all-star on their team? I mean, Joker for sure to me, but no. Like, Do, do they have a, a superstar? superstar? Hell no. For the second team in the West and which conference is stronger by far? Oh, it's not even close. West. So what does that tell you? Like, He's legit. Yeah, and he, he makes them tick. He's he's the engine. I mean, guys like Jamal Murray, you know, Will Barton, Paul Millsap, like, they're all tough, and they're good at their craft. Yeah. This is a big guy that can mold and do all the dirty work. He can get everyone else involved. He can kill you offensively, and he's a presence defensively. He's – and honestly, he looks—he has the body of most high school janitors. That's why this
0: is yeah, incredible. Except, except a lot taller. But the thing that's nuts... So he, he, he had a, he's a 7-foot high school janitor with a mop. <laughs> right, yeah. So he had a game against Portland a couple weeks back where he had 40 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists on 23 shots. And I'm just thinking... That's impressive. Yeah, I'm thinking, like, Russell Westbrook is going to have those numbers. But it's going to be on seventy four shots, mm-hmm. and so I, I just I love his efficiency. Seventy four shots for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I just Joker's fun, and we're we're just hella lucky to be able to watch this dude play hoops. Honestly, uh, that there really
1: has never been. I mean, the only guy I can think of that was ahead of his time, big man wise, was Arvidas Sabonis back in the day. Love. Right, Love like he's Sabonis. the only one I can think of that is even remotely comparable. But Jokic is a way better version of what Arvidas could do. But Arvidas also
0: weighed nine hundred yeah, pounds. and, and he, he was Andre move. the Giant. Arvidas couldn't move physically. He could not move. He, he had knee issues. he had, he had, he
1: had gout. <laughs> he, had,
0: he had, and you know, growing growing up in Corvallis outside of Portland, I watched Arvidas Sabonis all the time. And his around-the-back passes and just his moves and his shooting, for sure ahead of his time. I I mean, I like how you put that. So fun to watch. But Joker is just so much more of a specimen that he can just do so much more.
1: And really the reason, wrapping up, the reason why he's underrated is because he was a second-round pick. And because he plays in Denver, he's not on TV all the time. Yep. So... He doesn't get all the hype kind of like a Kemba Walker and Charlotte. You don't you kind of overlook these guys cuz we don't see him televised all the time. But if you watch a game start to finish and you just watch how impactful he is, whether he's scoring or not, whether he's touching the ball or not, he's always a threat and he always impacts the game and sometimes it could just be by setting a hard physical pick and because he spaces out he's a threat and Jamal Murray can go lay it in because the defense is more worried about Joker
0: popping out for a three or going short corner how crazy is that Denver team it's that's those are the stories that make the nba fun why aren't they talked about more than they are why because it-
1: gold because golden state plays number 1 and they have five all nba players and an NBA Finals MVP on the bench, and they literally shit on everyone else. So all these little success stories are overlooked. But if they can keep their core intact, if they could add even one outside shooter to that team, just one knockdown shooter to open up things even more, they're deadly. The problem is, I mean, (laughs) with Golden State, it's a wrap. But... They can make it interesting. So, all in all, that kind of wraps up the some of the players that we've overlooked, that are underrated, that continue to impress us in the Western Conference. And thanks for listening to us. This next, uh, thanks for listening to our podcast. The our next episode will be the NBA Mailbag, where listeners across the country, wherever you are. Please send us uh, questions via email at what's the email?
0: NBA Real Talk Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's NBA Real Talk
1: Podcast at gmail.com. And we will answer those questions in our next pod. We don't care what the question is unless it's really dumb. Then we won't touch it. We won't answer it. But We'll give you our honest opinions, honest takes, and we'll keep it real as always. Thanks for listening.